When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's the most anticipated WNBA season in history. And you know what that means. Court is back in session. Welcome to Queens of the Court, an Odyssey original podcast. I'm your girl, Cheryl Swoop. And I'm Jordan Robinson. All WNBA season long, we'll be bringing you interviews with star athletes, analysis on your favorite teams, and lots of hot takes. Order, order in the court. Follow and listen to Queens of the Court on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. We'll leave it at that because we need to get into another segment with another sound effect. <laughs> our predictions. <laughs> All right, we've got our categories and we're bringing Adam Sadzinski into the conversation and we're going to zip through these because we don't want to keep people here all day. Hey, Adam. Oh. Let's get to the different categories as we have them here. And the first one is the Bears team most valuable player. Who is it going to be? We'll start with studs. All right. So this is probably going to be a trendy pick, but I think that it, I have very little doubt about this one. I think it's going to be DJ Moore. And I think that he's, I think he's going to, he's going to show what we haven't seen in a few years here with the bears, which is like, he's a legit, really good receiver. Who's going to help out Justin Fields a lot, but also like, I think this is an easy pick for me because I think he's the best player on the team. And I think he's going to show that as long as he's healthy the whole year, and he's been health, pretty healthy during his career, I think he's going to show that week in and week out. And he's not—he's going to be a guy that you're not going to have to worry about. Like he's going to go out there, he's going to do his thing, he's going to get his yards, he's going to squirt, he's going to get those those yards after catch routinely and inflate Justin Fields' stats a little bit, like we saw in the preseason. So DJ Moore is my pick for Bears MVP. Dan. I'm going right along with that, David. I'm also going with DJ Moore. I look at that catch that he made against the Bills in the preseason finale. It's a basic play. Find a spot in the zone. Catch it 15 yards down the field. Oh, now you're surrounded by three defenders. Okay, spin out the back door. Get 24 more yards. Like We're going to see a lot of that from DJ Moore this year. I I know. I can't disagree because he is the most predictable offensive player. He's got to stay healthy. He can, more than any other person in that locker room, make Justin Fields better. And it's all, you know, the most valuable, I think, is Justin Fields because of what he could be potentially worth to this franchise and what a breakthrough year for him could mean in the big picture. So I guess that might be the the no-brainer, but I think the way that he gets there is because DJ Moore will help him become a better quarterback and turn bad throws into good plays. And that, to me, is why DJ Moore is the MVP. Okay, we skipped over the record prediction, but let's go there next. Adam, and if you say 15-2, and two, <laughs> we're just going to mute you the rest of the way. I got to keep some credibility. I can't pick 15 wins, not this season. Uh, you look, you guys have kind of hinted at it. Like, I, they're still a building team. And so, like, I'm not going to sit here and predict playoffs. But, you know, I'm looking through their schedule earlier, and I this is going to be – it's going to be weird because I'm going to say <laughs> – I'm going to say eight wins, and I know that's probably a little high, 
but it's it's probably lower than some people would think I would go. But here's what I'm really looking for. Like, if they win, you guys were just kind of hinting at this. If they win seven to nine games, that's a drastic improvement from a season ago when they were the worst team in football. Like, that would mean they got to the middle of the league. But what I'm really looking for is a, a, a win late in the season or maybe even, like, three-quarters of the way through the season where you say, I can see – where they're going. Like I can see where they get good from where they are now. And maybe it's a win against like Detroit in December or something like that. Or maybe it's a win in green Bay to end the season where you say, yes, I can see it. I can see where they're going and how they've improved. And that a year from now we can predict playoffs. So hopefully eight wins, but I'm really looking for that, that one little thing. I know that's a very specific ask, but like, like give me a really good win. win. You want to see your win for sure. There's no question about it. I had a uh, GM tell me many years ago that one of the easiest ways to tell you where your franchise is at is at the end of the year to look at your three signature wins and your three signature losses and compare them, which one was, was more emphatic. You know, it's a really good test. If you go back through every bear season of the last 20 years, you'll go, Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. So you want those wins to be higher than the, the catastrophic losses. I'm right on record here. Seven and ten. This Bears team is going to be like that uh, Price is Right mountain climber. And they're going to get from three wins to seven and they're going to stop right there. And that's where I've got them. I miss Bob Barker. I really do. R.I.P. I wanted to be more optimistic after the preseason. And I don't want to be overly influenced by anything that happened in August, but I went into the preseason thinking, okay, maybe seven uh, and 10, the prediction we made when the schedule came out could become eight or nine victories. I don't see it only because I I haven't been convinced about the offense yet. I think they're going to be better at the receiving position. I'm not sure how they're going to stop the run yet. I think they'll get to the quarterback a little bit better, but given the uh, agreeable schedule, I can't go higher than seven either. So I think seven and 10 with uh, some ambiguity at the end of the season that I I hope that we can avoid for everyone's sake, but I'm just not sure we're going to be able to. So that would be my prediction, seven and 10. Okay, the breakout player for the Bears. Who is the most likely player to break out in 2023 studs? I'm going to go with Tyreek Stevenson. I really liked what I saw from him in the preseason. I like the way that a lot of people are talking about him. I think that like you can really look and I know it's one play, a small sample size during the preseason, but like the, the interception he did come down with in the preseason game against the Bills. I know the ball never should have been thrown, but he ran the route for the receiver. And that's the kind of thing that like that you really want to see from a guy that like stand out like, yeah, this guy can cover NFL receivers and he can predict their routes. And I really like the way that he talked during the preseason about some of the things that he learned in college. So I, uh, I'm going with Tyreek Stevenson. I think they might have found a, a real stud at, at corner to be opposite of Jalen Johnson. Studs is cheating off me, David. I think he's <laughs> on my shoulder on my sheet. I had originally written down Kyler Gordon and thought, oh, you know what, That's he's probably too uh, advanced right now to be considered a breakout player in 2023. And I wrote down Tyreek Stevenson. I've got a piece coming uh, in, in FridayChicagoTribune.com on Tyreek Stevenson. Love the way that this kid approaches things. He started off his uh, his youth career as an offensive lineman, uh, transitioned over to linebacker, and then they needed him in a pinch to play cornerback. And he said his first year of playing cornerback in high school, he got tortured. And what did it make him do? 
It made him say, I want to be the best cornerback there is. And that tells you the wiring of this dude. He didn't run from failure, just as he hasn't run from failure during training camp, during preseason games. When he makes mistakes, he gets himself back up, and he plays with an aggression and a confidence mindset that is going to be helpful. Look, there's going to be bumps in the road this season for him. No question about it. There's going to be days where you go, man, that's a bad penalty. That's a bad coverage bust, and it just cost us. But that guy is going to be trending in the right direction to become a long-term starter in your secondary and with studs, Tyreek Stevenson. I like it. Both guys, uh, both of you guys have good reasons for Tyreek Stevenson. Certainly a lot of people you talk to about the Bears who watch the defense like him as well. I'm going to go with probably not that much of a reach. If you have a first-round draft pick, he's an offensive lineman. You, you expect him to break out and be, be established. That's not always the case, certainly. But Darnell Wright by midseason will be the Bears' most consistent offensive lineman. I know it's a, probably a low bar, but when you plug a guy in immediately right, at right tackle and he does everything right in the offseason, including conditioning himself like a wide receiver, you like his makeup, you like his tenacity, and you like his athleticism. So that's a good combination to have for a right tackle, a position the Bears really haven't been very good at uh, in recent years, but I think he stabilizes the position and is their most consistent blocker by midseason, and he's going to be a guy that can count on for a very long time. And, hey, if he can get open during the tackle-eligible portion of the red zone plays, <laughs> all the better. So that will be my breakout player. All right, this is always a difficult one. Most disappointing bear of 2023. Who's it going to be, Studs? So uh, this, I had trouble coming up with this one, but and I don't know exactly. I think that Dan Bernstein's getting in my head a little bit, but I, I'm going to go with Darnell Mooney. I don't know why. I just don't have a good feeling about the kind of se- season he's going to have. And I, I maybe it's just because I want to see him in a game and prove that he's healthy. Uh, but I, I just don't, I, and I can't really put a reason on why I feel this way, but I just, I feel like he's going to have a disappointing season. So that's, that's all I got to say about it. Like Darnell Mooney is, and maybe, and hopefully it's not so bad that they don't even bother extending him. But I mean, I just don't have a good feeling about it. I don't know why. Sixth sense kind of thing, I guess. <laughs> a year ago, David, I nailed this category with Valus Jones Jr. That's a little toot toot honking my own horn there. <laughs> uh, I, I, this one might be too easy because it's a player who's already disappointing. And it's Tevin Jenkins who starts the regular season on injured reserve. We talked going into training camp that Tevin Jenkins' durability was going to be one of the key questions of this entire season. Can't even get to the starting gate of week one. He's out a minimum of four games. As we documented in previous podcasts, it's likely five because they have a short week Thursday night game in week five. When you have a guy that you were depending on to be a starter on the interior offensive line in a pivotal year for a quarterback, and he's going to miss the first third of the season at a minimum, the disappointment has already started. I don't know that, that Tevin Jenkins is going to start more than five games this year. And if that's the case, it's a massive disappointment uh, for where he is, where the Bears hoped he was going to be heading, and what it means for both his future with the team and what it means for the future of the Bears' offensive line. So I stick there with Tevin Jones. I think it's a good one. I'm probably going to make some people upset by my choice, but I don't know that I'm in love with the idea of Khalil Herbert being the, the featured back on this team and being the guy that gets the bulk of the carries. And I think that going into the season with him as RB1, I'm not convinced that that's a difference-making guy at a position that needs to be a difference-maker. So my sense is that eventually that'll become more obvious. And even though he does a lot of nice things in the passing game, I wouldn't be shocked if the guy they do love and would like to see succeed, I think the guy they drafted, Roshan Johnson, emerges as 
maybe a bigger option on short yardage plays or just maybe overall as a feature back. And then maybe Deontay Foreman is a guy that steps forward in, in, a, in a role. And all of a sudden you look at Khalil Herbert, whether it's because of durability or, or whatever the case, I would think that he might be in line for uh, the most disappointing guy based on where the depth chart is right now. All right, let's go to our predictions for the division, the NFC North champ. Who is going to take, take the, the North, North. <laughs> in 2023? So, all right, I'm going to go with the Vikings on this one, mainly because I think that, you know, I know the Lions have been a real trendy pick, and I'm going to repeat this every year until, like, as, as, as long as I can. You can put this on my gravestone. This is a cornerstone piece for me when it comes to watching and observing and, and analyzing the NFL. The Lions are bad until they prove otherwise. I don't believe in them until I see it with my own eyes. I don't care that they, I don't care how they finished last year. I really don't. So I'm going with the Vikings because I don't think that – basically, I think it's just going to be handed to them kind of like it was last year. And I know, like, we talked a lot about how that team wasn't as good as – their record last year, but I still think they're probably a 10, 11 win team and they'll win the division by a game or two because Bears aren't ready yet. The Packers, we don't know about their quarterback, and I don't believe in the Lions. Studs proved my point here, David, because when you talk to people uh, everywhere, and in particular in Detroit, the only knock that people can come up with for this year's Lions is that they're the Lions. It's the helmets they wear. It's the jerseys they wear. It's the organization they plan. I get it. I totally understand it. January 5th, 1992. Think of where you were on that day. That's the last time the Detroit Lions won a playoff game. So Studs makes perfectly <laughs> rational arguments about prove it. Uh, you know, I'm the see it to believe it guy. He's he's making the argument. See it to believe it. I get it. I understand it. But they look like the class of this division. Roster-wise, talent-wise, depth-wise, the direction they're headed. Last season's finish was, was significant in terms of uh, the momentum that Dan Campbell and that group wanted to build with culture. And I think it's going to carry over, obviously, in a division that doesn't have Aaron Rodgers anymore. And they are going to go ahead, uh, win 11 or 12 games, and, and, and take this division. Lionsing is a verb for a reason. It's because that's what teams do when they squander success. And the Lions have made it into an art form. So I can't believe in Detroit. I don't believe in Dan Campbell. I think they're going to do what the Lions always do, make losing into a verb, into a way of life in Detroit. So, no, I'm not picking the Lions. Uh, I don't believe in Jordan Love yet. I, lo I, I believe in Love, but not Jordan. And I think that until <laughs> proven otherwise, I'm not going to pick the Packers. I just picked the Bears to win seven games. That's not going to win the division. <laughs> it's a process of elimination. So <laughs> this is the AL Central of, of, the, of the NFL. This is the NFC North. And the best thing about it, every team feels like, is because they're in a bad division. It's not feel like it's Jerry Reinsdorf or Chris Getz talking. My gosh. It's the Vikings. They only have five primetime games. That leads them 12 to win in the daylight when Kirk Cousins is at his best. I also think this. Brian Flores is the most significant addition to any NFC North team in the offseason. And as a defensive coordinator, he's going to get a team. He's going to get more out of less. And so I know they lost a lot, and they don't have a perfect offense. They don't have, But they do have, I think, a real good coaching staff, and Brian Flores is at the top of that list. Kirk Cousins, again, he's probably the other big reason, and Justin Jefferson. There you go, the best player in the division right there. You have the best player in the division. you got the best assistant coach in the division. You've got a – you're coming off a winning 
kind of season where you just is going to be some carryover effect. The Minnesota Vikings will win the NFC North this year. As you were checking those off, I thought you were ultimately going to settle on the Twins to win the, to win the <laughs> NFC North because you didn't believe in any of the four teams that are already playing. <laughs> Next thing I was like two sentences away from ripping Lucas Giolito. All right, let's go to our Super Bowl matchup. Who's going to play in it and who is going to win it as of, you know, this week before week one even kicks off? So I am going to go with the Buffalo Bills to come out of the AFC. And I'm going to go with the I'm going to go with the Eagles to come out of the NFC again, because I think I think it's I think if you look at the NFC, it's really going to come down to two teams, Niners and the Eagles. And I think the Eagles win the NFC championship against them. And I think the Bills finally break through. I, I think they finally get over like their playoff woes the last couple of years. It, they they need to figure out what they're actually doing on offense besides Josh Allen go be a superhero. But but I think that he gets them there, and I'm going to go with the Eagles winning the Super Bowl. All right. I'm going to go with the Cincinnati Bengals playing the San Francisco 49ers in a rematch of Super Bowl 23. Uh, this time the Bengals are going to – Come out on top. Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, that whole group uh, gets through a absolutely loaded AFC. I mean, you could do a consolation bracket with the AFC teams that didn't make the playoffs, and it might be better than the, the wild card teams that the NFC will send. Uh, so it's going to be a, a totally different battle in the AFC than it is in the NFC. But I'll, I'll go. I'll go Bengals over 49ers. They're avenging a loss from 1989. <laughs> I mean, sitting in the craw for a very long time. Hey, man. hey! I mean, history just, is history. How about just a loss from last year's AFC championship? Exactly. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> uh, that, those are good ones. Those are good ones. I am going to pick the Eagles to beat the Bengals. In a very good Super Bowl. I don't know if it avenges any grudges or whatever, <laughs> but I do think that the Jalen Hurts jump in this season, season four for him, will be celebrating a Super Bowl championship and being the MVP of it, likely, uh, rather than kind of figuring out what to do next because they are the most complete team. They're the best, most complete roster. They got better in the offseason. I don't know how that happens. How do you win the NFC and then upgrade your roster in the backfield? They got Jalen Carter. My God, if he's a Super Bowl MVP, I might eat a hat. I mean, that's going to be really tough to take. But I think the Eagles in the NFC will beat the Bengals in the AFC. And I'm not picking the Bills again because I think if you check back the last five years, I think I picked the Bills to get out of the AFC. So I'm not doing that again. I had them last year. I think I had Bills Cowboys last year or something like that. But uh, yeah, right. I get it. It's tough. It's a tough exercise. It's really tough. In the, that AFC is absolutely stacked. And we don't even know where our guy It's guys, like the AL East friend, of the AFC. Friend of the you podcast, uh, Aaron Rodgers. Where does his season end? Well, yeah, in, in the, in the, the ridiculous thing is none of us picked the Patrick Mahomes Chiefs, which means they'll probably win it again. Yeah. <laughs> not without easy. Chelsea. <laughs> not without Chris Jones. Not without those guys. They're hurt. Yeah, that's They're true. Hyperextended knee. Hyperextended knee. We're going to have to see okay. about that for Travis Kelsey, huh? Any Ooh, more predictions? That's not good. <laughs> Any more predictions? No. No? Okay, we made all our predictions. 